Thanks for checking out this episode, episode 46 of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like the Facebook page and leave your comments or questions at facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes to automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. Well, joining me on this episode, you know her, you love her, you can't live without her. Oh, wait, that's probably just me. My wife, Sue. <laughs> Thanks, honey. <laughs> I bet a lot of people could live without me. <laughs> Actually, you know, I've gotten a lot of good feedback, a lot of positive feedback about how you are uh, a favorite of a lot of people who listen to this podcast. Oh, well, thanks, guys. <laughs> I love talking movies with you. It's fun. I love talking movies, period, with you and, and other people that are regular guests on the podcast. Yeah, but you love me most. Of course I do. Okay. You're my wife. Okay. <laughs> okay, now that everybody has okay, got a taste of vomit in their mouth. vomited in their mouth. Yes, exactly. Sorry about that. Even so, the dog is over yakking in the corner. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so welcome to episode 46 of Screen Facts with Jason Davis with my wife, Sue. And uh, we are going to talk about a movie today that we discovered in the movie theater originally mm-hmm. on a date night. Mm-hmm. Released October 15th, 2010. And this movie was a surprise, fun trip when we went to see it. Mm-hmm. The previews had looked really good when we saw it. And sure enough, it was it was a big hit and it was, it was a lot of fun. The movie that we're going to talk about is the movie Red, which stands for Retired and Extremely Dangerous, That's if you're right. keeping score. Mm-hmm. And if you've never seen the movie, I urge you to stop listening because we are going to reveal some plot points that will ruin the movie for you. Directed by Robert Schwenke. <laughs> Sorry, I keep thinking of Schwenke balls. That's sweaty. Like sweaty balls. Yeah. No, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Screenplay written by John and Eric Hober from the graphic novel by Warren Ellis and Cully Hamner. And I have to stop you right there. Yeah. Because I don't know why. We saw this in the movies. Mm-hmm. We got the DVD when it came out. Mm-hmm. We've watched it a few times. We watched it on TV. We hadn't watched it for a little while. We put it in last night, and I turned to you and said, this is based on a graphic novel? <laughs> yeah, because DC Comics came up. I, I had no clue. Yeah. so I didn't either originally, but I'm not a comic book guy I'm or, or a graphic novel guy. And it's funny because my first thought was, but I don't even like comic book stuff. But then again, graphic novels are different from comic books. you know. And we do love Walking Dead, which is based on a graphic novel also. Right. And this also isn't a superhero movie. Right. You're not a fan of superheroes. No, no. But this is like real people. So. But it kind of made me watch it a little differently last night because I noticed that like some of the shots and stuff, Mm -hmm. the setup of it, there was one, I want to say it's like when they were looking at him through a vault, the way it was framed. Mm -hmm. I actually thought to myself, oh, I wonder how that looked in the graphic novel if like they captured that. Because I know sometimes when you're working from a graphic novel, you'll try to recreate specific pictures. And I was wondering if they were trying to do that here and there. And I noticed I actually watched it a little differently. Yeah, I know they do some of that on The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm thinking, I want to get my hands on this graphic novel. And I want to take a look at it. Yeah, it's probably it's probably, it's probably really cool. Because yeah. the story, you know, the, the story of Red. And I don't know how much of the, the screenplay is based on the book. Yeah. If they embellished a lot. Yeah. Because they do that sometimes when they make something into a movie. Right. So anyway, the movie stars a cast of veteran actors. Oh, so good. Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman, Helen Mirren, John Malkovich, and Mary Louise Parker. Carl Urban, Richard Dreyfuss, and Ernest Borgnine all have supporting roles, too. If the name Carl Urban sort of sounds familiar to you, he played Bones in the newer J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. 
Yes. And he also was on a, a cool show that was on Fox that got canceled called Almost Human, yeah, which I thought cool. was a great show. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Oh, well. So an estimated budget of $58 million, grossed $90.3 million domestically, and a total of $199 million worldwide. So the first Red was definitely a pretty good success yeah, at the box yeah. office. They did make a sequel. I got to say... Not as big of a fan of that one. I, I was can't disappointed. Even remember it, honey? It's very forgettable. I don't remember the plot, and I feel like everything that was great and fun about Red was missing from the sequel. Yeah. I don't know what happened there, but I think part of it might be the fact that they are older actors mm-hmm. in such kick-ass roles. Yeah. That's a little novel at that point. But then you see them do it again, you go, okay, there they are doing it again. It just fell flat for me. I, I can't explain it. Yeah, it was kind of orange red. Yeah, <laughs> it was like orange, know, pale like... red. <laughs> Instead of retired and extremely dangerous, it was retired, not as dangerous. Yeah. But um, the interesting thing is at the time of filming, the four main leads all had a combined age of 257 years old. Oh, nice. 350 if you add in Ernest Borgnine, yeah, who's not no longer with us, Aww. God rest his soul. He was great. I loved him. Yeah. This cast was great. Great chemistry. It just was so fun, this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I have to admit, the first time I saw Ernest Borgnine in this, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, great. I love him. Wow. Look at those eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His eyebrows were extremely dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Grandpa's eyebrows. Yeah. All over the place. Big time. Big time. (laughs) But that's, you know, I think that adds to the character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, If he had perfectly groomed eyebrows, he would almost look weird, you know. That's true. (laughs) I mean, he does like work underground in this unknown vault. Yeah. He he works by himself in this uh, this vault. Exactly. So he's probably not concerned about grooming his eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Plus, he's like in his 90s. Well, yeah, that too. He's like, he's happy he has eyebrows. Yeah. But Ernest Borgnine has always had a face, a certain yeah. face about him that, you know, he just has a very uh, unique look. Yeah. So. Yeah. And he's just so believable no yeah. matter what he does. He's great. Yeah. Great. John Malkovich is is one of the, uh, the big appealing things in this movie, mm-hmm. I think. He plays Marvin, who's kind of this paranoid... Uh, guy that it was experimented on with LSD and stuff. Yeah, for 11 years? He looks good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it turned out that he read the first 40 pages of the script. He liked it. And then he asked his agent, how come he was up for the role of Frank, which is Bruce Willis's part? Oh, my gosh. And the agent said that he was reading the wrong lines the entire time. Whoops. (laughs) He wasn't the first choice to play Marvin, which I found interesting. Yeah, yeah. John C. Riley was originally cast, but dropped out. Okay, I could see him doing yeah, that part, too. I think he would have been good, too. Yeah. Um, he's he's a great actor. Yeah. Great, you know, he's done a lot of character stuff. Yeah. There's something about Malkovich, though. No, Malkovich is He is, is just great. one of the oddest, he is. most coolest actors. Yeah. And, you know, he pulls off that paranoid so well, so that when they first meet him, their reaction to him, when we yes. saw it the first time, we were reacting the same way, like, this guy is nuts. This guy's off the reservation. Really, why, you know, th- aren't we going to go to your house? No, that's just a decoy. We're going to go down into the tunnel built under the car. Yeah, you know? which is cool as shit. Yeah, it's yeah. It's very cool. When you first meet Marvin, when he springs out of the bushes yeah. <laughs> with the, with the, the crossbow, so funny. Would you like to get that knife out of my balls? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some really cool visual stuff in this movie, too. In the beginning of the movie, you know, when we're first kind of seeing Bruce Willis and we're not really sure what he's all about, he lives by himself mm-hmm. in this nice little suburban house. Mm-hmm. He lives on a street. And every other house on the block has Christmas decorations, except for his. Yeah. And he's looking around. And so he puts a couple of little things on yeah. the lawn just so I guess he fits in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I noticed that, first of all, not only does he get up at 6 o'clock every day, apparently, he gets up at 6 o'clock without an alarm. The yeah. clock just ticked to 6, and he woke up, sat up, and at 7 o'clock, you can see him sitting at the table, 
and you see the clock there too. So mm-hmm. you know, I had even said I like that because you can see he's on a schedule. Oh yeah, he's got you a know, whole breakfast routine. Breakfast at seven, lunch at twelve. You know, his backstory is that he was this black ops guy. Yeah. You know, a killer, like a really disciplined, awesome, amazing force. Yeah. Right. So you know that he probably has some sort of a military training, yeah, and, and he's used that. to being very regimented. Regimented, so. yeah. A team is sent to take him out. Bruce Willis and and some of the people that he worked with over the years before he retired are being targeted. Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, Bruce Willis and his colleagues in the movie are all uh, special agents that were involved in a mission that involved flying a soldier out of Guatemala mm-hmm. in the dead of night mm-hmm. secretly. Right. We learn later on that this guy goes on to become vice president and he's going to make a run for the presidency, but he's got to like destroy his past because this guy, when he was being flown out of there secretly, he committed some atrocities. Yeah. He killed a whole village of people for mm-hmm. no reason. And so they tried to cover it all up. And now he's got to get rid of all the people that are aware of this. Right. So he has a bad guy that's going to hire a bunch of people to kill these agents. Yeah. This team of mercenaries goes to Bruce Willis's house in the mm-hmm. beginning to kill him. And it's like a team of six or seven guys that, mm-hmm. are, that are obviously no slouches themselves. <laughs> and he just takes them out systematically. Yeah. It's amazing. Like chopped to the throat. You know, <laughs> he grabs the needle from one of them and injects him instead. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't look like Superman. He's not the big muscular yeah, no. dude like yeah. Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, he's so good at playing the, the guy that can just kick ass. Mm-hmm. He's great. And then he goes and he visits Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. In that nursing home. Right. And Morgan Freeman, you're learning, is not, you know, an innocent, sweet old man either after he gets the nurse to, like, bend over in front of him and stuff <laughs> to fix the TV. Right. <laughs> but then he, when he, you know, he says to Morgan Freeman, I got a visit from a wet team. And Morgan Freeman goes, did you ID them? He hands him this envelope, this big, like, you know, manila envelope. And it's got, you know, their fingers. Oh, in their it. fingertips. Yeah. Like the, the from the knuckle You know, that's when you realize, you know, they're, they're not they're not messing around. I love what, what Morgan Freeman says to him. Because this used to be a gentleman's game. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the way Mary Louise Parker fits into the story mm-hmm. is that she works for the government. She works for the pension board. And yeah. somehow Bruce Willis develops a phone relationship with her. And he keeps tearing up his pension checks so he can talk to her. Just yeah. so he can call her and, and, say and talk to her. it didn't come. The check didn't come. Right. Yeah. They develop a friendship. They yeah. start comparing notes on romance novels. And <laughs> it's really, it's kind of funny, actually. And it's, I think it's so funny because they're really absolute opposites. Right. She's got, you know, these postcards and pictures of all over the world. And her where she wants goal, to go. Where she wants to go. Right. And he's been there already. Right. You know, and she's <laughs> like, I'm thinking I'll go to Chile. He's like, oh, I've been to Chile. What was it like? Eh, mountains. It was night. You right. know, that's all you have. It was night. She is reading these novels and then he'll ask her, you know, what's the name of the novel? Write it down and then read the novel, too. So he'll have something to talk to her about. Right. You know, but she lives vicariously through these novels. Right. And he's done it all. Right. You know, and he's got this whole regimented experience in his home. And you right. see his home has nothing. There's like no decoration. It's just furniture. Mm-hmm. It's very, very stark. A man of very simple means and simple life. Yeah. And you can imagine, you know, and at 7.15, he finished his oatmeal and now he does his dishes. And then when you (laughs) see her arrive home in her apartment after the date, her place is a mess. Right. She takes off her coat and just drops it on the floor. Right. It's funny. Yeah. So that way when she discovers him there and then she even says to him, did you vacuum? He's like, yeah, I tidied up. Yeah, it was a little messy. (laughs) You realize how opposite they are. It's so cool. He sort of kidnaps her for her own good because she's now being targeted, too, by these mercenaries. Right, because they've found out about her. Right. Well, because they've been listening to the phone calls. They know he likes her. So now, you know, they want to take her out, too. Yeah. They end up in New Orleans. Yeah. And there's like a cool scene in the movie. 
the the agent that Carl Urban plays, Cooper, mm-hmm. slams into him with his vehicle, yeah. and the car spins around a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and it's like jarring when yeah, you're watching the yeah. movie. But it's so cool because he hits the car, and in one motion, the car gets hit. It's spinning around. The door opens. Willis jumps out of the car. The car like spins around still, him, almost hits still him, going, yeah. right, and it and it just misses him, and he's walking down the street. Guns ablaze and shooting at at, uh, at Cooper. Yeah, yeah. It's just a really cool scene. And it's, every it's time very, we watch it, cool. we're like, oh, I love yeah, that. It's, great. it's my favorite part. And if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. He's so calculated yeah. and so cool. Yeah. He's badass. Very matter of fact. This yeah. is what you got to do. This yep. is what you got to do. And then later on, they're going to break into the CIA headquarters <laughs> right. to get some intel. And in the midst of all that, he has this great fight scene with Carl Urban's oh, character, yeah. with Cooper. Yeah, in his office, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's like the young guy and the old guy fighting it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and the music comes on. I'm back in the saddle again. Yeah, Aerosmith's back in the saddle. So, Great use of back yeah, in the saddle. Yeah, so good. Cooper sees him, and his first reaction is to throw his coffee mug at him. Yeah. They start beating the shit out of each oh other. They're throwing each other. You know, he Drop throws... a file cabin on each other. Yeah, he throws Cooper into the uh, the flat screen yeah, TV. Yeah. <laughs> and they're beating the crap out of each other. And he goes, you were trained by Sikorsky or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah. You know, while well, he has him in like an arm bar. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I trained Sikorsky. And then he like pops his shoulder yeah. out of the Aww. socket. Dislocates mm-hmm. his shoulder. Yep. And it's just, it's an amazing fight scene. Yeah. But then as Moses is running out of the office... Cooper shoots him. And then he comes back for her. She's like in a cafeteria waiting for him. And she's got the magazine upside down. Yeah, she's just kind of trying to look inconspicuous, (laughs) right? And then he comes in and he's you can see he's gotten his ass kicked a little bit. And he's he's bleeding. bleeding. And and she's like, oh my God. And he's like, we should go. (laughs) 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 Oh man, so cool. Mm -hmm. So they got to figure out a way to get the bullet out of Moses. Right. So they go to visit the Eagle's Nest. Yes. Which is... Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren, yeah, Victoria. Mm Mm-hmm. Who is sexy and badass and just amazing. She's so cool. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. They had considered Meryl Streep for that role, too. Okay. Because Meryl Streep can do anything. Right. So sure, why not? That would have been a very big departure from most of what Meryl Streep has done, though. I don't think she's ever played, like, an action Yeah, I don't think so, It would have been very cool, actually, to see her. But Helen Mirren is amazing. Oh, yeah, she rocked it. Yeah, and she had to learn... One of the things when you're not used to doing action stuff, especially when there's gunplay in a movie... Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to fire a gun without reacting to the gunfire. And a big thing for some actors, in, in this case, Helen Mirren, is, you know, you blink a lot when you're, because I guess you're anticipating. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she it's had loud. Learn, it got the kickback. Yeah, it's yeah. jarring. And she had to learn to fire a gun without blinking. <laughs> Imagine all the, like, preparation for the movie. I'm go- yeah. going to the firing range. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. But she pulls it off amazingly. Yeah, There's yeah. a scene where she's firing a machine gun in the movie. Oh, yeah. Just, and she's like, doesn't blink. It's like, she's so, Oh, she's got that gown, that beautiful gown in the combat boots. Yeah. And she's just, oh. Yeah, exactly. And she uses a purse at one point to to kill a guy. Like, she slices his throat with a purse. Oh, my God, yeah. That actually belongs to Helen Mirren, that purse. That's right. It was her real purse. It was a gift that she was given by Giorgio Armani. And... The dress that she wears in the movie, she liked the dress so much and the purse matched it so mm-hmm. well that she asked if she could use it yeah. in the movie. And the producer was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Save <laughs> us, you know, having to go find a prop for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> After the guy went down yesterday, yeah. we were like, is he dead? Did he like, because maybe she knocked him out, but maybe she killed him. I'm you thinking, know? I don't it, know. It seemed it like she, a... she like cut his throat with it. Like wow. she, she did it in such a way that it, it just you know, yeah. slit his throat. Yeah. But you don't, you're right. You don't actually see if he's yeah. like, if he bleeds way, out or what it, the deal is. It, either way, it definitely did the job. 
And it um, had a little mirror in the top of it. So of you could course. check your lipstick. Of course. I mean, come on. What more does a girl need? <laughs> That's right. When you you know, because you got to make sure that you, you look good when you're taking people out. Sure. Especially at these fundraising events. Yeah, exactly. For the, for the... <laughs> and her necklace. Yes. Come on. I. Yeah. That's the one thing, you know. <laughs> she takes it off so easily to go through the security, mm-hmm. puts it back on again, mm-hmm. and then she hooks it around the door mm-hmm. on Some the outside, people... and they can't get out. I'm like, right. what kind of clasp is that? Anything that you're going to wear around your neck isn't going to hold the door closed. Yeah. But maybe that wasn't an actual necklace. Maybe it was designed to hold the door closed, and she's wearing it as a oh, necklace okay. so she can get in with okay. it. Okay. Yeah, maybe. That's my guess. Okay. All right. But listen, if we're going to start talking about all the things that are unbelievable... Well, that's uh, the only thing I had issue with. Oh, is that the only... (laughs) (laughs) The necklace. Yeah. (laughs) One of the things I love about the movie is that it has a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Obviously, great action sequences. Right. Right. The fights, the gunplay, the Mm -hmm. explosions, Mm -hmm. everything you want in a great action movie. Right. But a well-written script, great dialogue... Mm -hmm. A little bit of uh, funny stuff in there, too. I also like when Helen Mirren says to Mary Louise Parker, if you break his heart, I will kill you and bury you in the forest or something like that, you know? Exactly, in the woods. (laughs) She's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a certain amount of loyalty with these characters because they know each other for so long. and. Mm They may or may not have tried to kill each other at some point. Right, right, because the Russian guy still has the scars Mm -hmm. from where Helen Mirren shot him. Right. And even when he goes to see Victoria to get the bullet out, Mm -hmm. she says, are you here to kill me? And he's like, no. And then she's like, you've been shot. He's like, yeah. And then, you know, she pulls pulls her gun down. (laughs) Tell Marvin to stand down before he gets hurt. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's in the decoy thing outside. Yeah. So, yeah, there's just a lot of really cool interaction between the characters mm-hmm. in this movie, mm-hmm. not to mention a great story. And and I like the whole thing of the young hotshot agent played by Carl Urban. Mm-hmm. It's Cooper. Yeah. Kind of trying to make a name for himself. He's mm-hmm. real ambitious. And then it's like this young hotshot against these old pros that, yeah. that you know, have been around the world more than once, yeah. you know? And in the beginning, he doesn't even really know what he's up against. Exactly. I mean, you can see what he's doing right. You know, when he's planting evidence. Right. He's talking to his wife on the phone going, okay, 2% milk, I'll pick it up on the way home. Right, right before he, he hangs the, the guy. guy. You know, <laughs> killed. Yeah. You know, and then I think, is it after his first experience with Frank that um, that he says to Cynthia, he's yeah. black ops? What are you, you didn't yeah. tell me that, you know? Yeah, she, yeah, the, the woman that works for the CIA, that's, that's a dirty agent that is probably taking a payoff to protect the vice president. Mm-hmm. She puts Cooper on Moses's trail to, yeah. to take him out. But she, she does not tell him everything. Yeah, she says this is strictly off the books. Yeah. But she says that he was just kind of like a desk jockey in the CIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gets there and he, he's like super agent. Yeah. And then Richard Dreyfuss is, oh, is so on. good. He's, yeah. So good. I love the him in the, these kind of parts yeah. now. I think there's something about Dreyfuss where you look at him and, and he seems kind of smarmy, you know? yeah. Something about him. Yeah, you know? he does and it so well. Recently, he played uh, Bernie Madoff on TV. Oh, that's which, right. I uh, miss, we which we didn't that. see that. I, I read, you know, reviews for the show itself weren't great. But I'm sure he was very convincing as this guy that scammed all these yeah, people out sure. of billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a couple of other cool little screen facts. Frank Moses' birth date in the dossier is revealed as March 19th, 1955, which, by the way, is Bruce Willis's real birthday. Well, happy birthday, Bruce Willis. There That's you go. coming up. Yeah, yeah, coming Look up real that. soon. One of the scenes in the movie is when they, they want to confront Richard Dreyfuss's character. So Morgan Freeman poses as a fake African dictator. So they pull up in this limousine. It's it's a Mercedes 600 Pullman limousine. Turns out that that make and model has been a favorite of uh, a lot of developing world slash 
communist regime dictators. Ooh, hyphenates. Yeah, Fidel Castro, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Leonid Brezhnev, Sheesh. Kim Jong-il, oh, Idi Amin, Ferdinand Marcos, they oh. all favored that uh, particular make and model. Boy. <laughs> so, so I mean, that's probably one of those things in terms of doing research for the movie where they, they try to make him look really, you know, mm-hmm, legit as, mm-hmm. the, as the dictator. Yeah, I never thought of that as a dictator mobile. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Brian Cox and Helen Mirren play a Russian spy and a British spy, respectively. Right. But in real life, Brian Cox is British. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Mirren, although she was born in England, she has Russian ancestry. Oh, okay. So, and also Carl Urban, who plays Cooper, mm-hmm. uh, he's from New Zealand. Oh, okay. So it's always cool when, when you see actors from different parts of the world that probably speak with a different kind of an accent completely. Mm-hmm. And then the accent is gone. Gone, yeah. yeah. Or playing, or they play with a different accent. Yeah. Cool thing about Brian Cox too. He plays the Russian in this movie. Right. But then you know, you and I talked about oh the campaign. Gosh. Yeah, because he uh, plays the dad. Zach Galifianakis' yeah. dad, and he's got that kind of southern, that, he's a southerner. Yeah, and it's also like that rich southern. Yeah, when he's totally racist and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see, and he's a character actor we've seen in other things too. Mm-hmm. Think, so. And then you find out he's British, and you think, oh, I wonder what he really sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen an interview with him, so yeah. So Helen Mirren uh, actually signed on to play Victoria largely to work with Bruce Willis. Too. Interesting. Yeah. It's funny, you know, Bruce Willis, you don't necessarily think of him as an actor's actor or a guy that you, um, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, I love a lot of movies that he's done, certainly. Mm -hmm. Helen Mirren probably comes from like a Shakespeare background. I mean, she's done Academy Award kind of stuff. She's, yeah, she's big time. Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't think she's got a dream list of actors to work with. You wouldn't think Bruce Willis is, you know, anywhere near the top of the list, but there you have it. But he is. Yeah. Yeah. And Bruce Willis actually has something in common with one of the other actors in the movie. The guy who plays the vice president, Julian McMahon, that's the actor's name, mm-hmm. uh, Vice President Stanton. He and Bruce Willis uh, both were involved in relationships with model actress Brooke Burns. McMahon and Burns were married from 1999 to 2001. And then shortly thereafter, when they got divorced, Bruce Willis was engaged to her for part of 2003 to 2004, but they never got married. Oh. So I wonder, I wonder if that was a showmance or what? I don't know, because I don't think they worked together. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. But I wonder if the two actors took, you know, compared notes. Oh, brother. I don't, I don't mean like, <laughs> I wonder you know, if her ears were ringing during filming. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be a weird thing uh, to work yeah, with somebody so. that was, Somebody's you know, ex. involved with your ex. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because they have some pretty cool scenes together, too, Willis and, and McMahon as Moses and Vice President Stanton. So. Yeah. You wonder if there's like a little bit of channeling going on there. Mm, you I know? wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a ton of things in terms of trivia bits about the movie, but it's a fun movie. It sure is. It sure is. And I love the fact that although Marvin is so paranoid, mm-hmm. he's got full reason to be. Well, sure. You know? I mean, the government gave him LSD for 11 years to experiment. And he's a little whacked out. Yeah, you know, and he even says to Mary Louise Parker, well, you know what's wrong with the government? And she goes, um, they're all trying to kill us. He's like, yes! <laughs> you know, but like things that really seem weird, like him, they're at that um, little outdoor <laughs> snack place or whatever mm-hmm. on the water, and he sees the helicopter. Right. So he gets out the binoculars, and he writes down the, the call letters on it. And right. you're like, oh, come on, Marvin. But then it turns out he was right, because yeah. that same helicopter comes back. Yeah, and that's just it. He he sounds like a complete crackpot, but then he's totally right about everything. Yeah, you know, the woman in the airport. Yep. You know, yep. and she's like, I'm a real estate agent. They right. dump her purse out. She doesn't have anything. He's like, she's been following us. And it turns out she has been trying to kill you. Right. You know, oh, my gosh. And then there's that great uh, square off with her, too. Yeah. The scene. Old man. Yeah. Can I kill her now? <laughs> 
you know. No respect. I really think he's my favorite character oh, in he's the terrific. whole movie, yeah. I have to say. They're all great. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't go wrong with Morgan Freeman either. Yeah. You know, and his role is so understated in this movie too, but yeah. he's but it's great. Yeah. And it, I always find what happens to him to be very sad. Yeah. You know. But it but you know what? It's noble. It is. It it's is. noble. Yeah. He has stage four liver cancer. And quite honestly, somebody with stage four liver cancer, I'm amazed they're able to walk at all. Yeah. I don't know. So, so when he offers himself up, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, man. Yeah. I know it's coming eventually, but why does it have to happen now? Yeah. You know, because you, 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 know, you love Morgan Freeman. Yeah. He recognizes that he's going to die soon anyway yeah. from the cancer. So yeah. I might as well give my friends an opportunity to crack this whole thing wide open yeah. and, and save themselves and, and put an end to this conspiracy that's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. But so, I, you do miss him for the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. And they do a little thing in the movie, too, where you think he gets killed. Right. Early on. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. no, already? Morgan's gone? Yeah, come on. And then, you know, <laughs> then there's you find a full reveal. Yeah, worked his way out of that one. Yep. Oh, the other thing that I like, too, is Mary Louise Parker's character starts out as this kind of green, uninitiated kind of woman. Yeah whose life is a mess, she's dating all these losers, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. She has a she job she hates. She wants adventure, but she has none. Right, and she, she hates her job, li- this, yeah, that, and the other her thing. cubicle. And then all of a sudden, like, she gets involved with this crew and just comes into her own. Yeah. She's like this amazingly strong woman, yeah. and she comes through at some key moments for the team. Right, yep. And she says to Frank in the elevator, what's the punishment for this? Yeah. And he's like, death? Life in jail? And she's like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you I know, can't tell she's, she's being just, sarcastic there. Or... I think she's excited. Yeah, she's I think, actually Because she's it. really starting to live what she's been reading about. One thing I love, and I don't know if it comes from the graphic novel or it was just, you know, written into the script or the director thought it up or whatever. I love how when they're in a new place, it's kind of like a postcard introducing it. Yes. Because they start off Kansas City, you right. know, New Orleans, right. Chinatown, right. you know, to everywhere they go. Yep. And then I love when they make it to Florida, how the alligator eats the flamingo. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the animation comes to life. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Very cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it reminds me of the postcards that she has in her little cubicle. Her character in the movie, too, it's kind of a boring job. I mean, she's on the oh, phone all day yeah. listening to people's problems. Mm-hmm. She has a supervisor looking over her shoulder mm-hmm. that's kind of like, you know, you're spending too much time with that person. Right. Move on. You got other people to help. Yeah. And they portray that a lot in movies, yeah. let's face it, yeah. where, you know, there's an overbearing boss and it's a mm-hmm. thankless job yeah. and, and that sort of thing. So it's not unusual to find cubicles covered with items of, of things yeah. that you'd rather be doing. Yeah. Especially if you don't, like, you know, in her situation, she doesn't even have a window she can look out of. So right. she's created for herself a little. Right. A window you know, to the world, yeah. sort of. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Mm-mm. Red, check it out. Honey, thanks for joining me for another episode. Thanks for having me back. Always. And thank you for listening. There's a couple of ways you can check us out online. I mentioned earlier we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash screenfacts. Again, uh, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you can leave comments there. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice. Email screenfacts at yahoo.com. You can also stream us on wickedradionetwork.com. Thanks to them. And thanks to our announcer, Kim. You can hear more from Kim at kymsvoice.com. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.